good to see every one of you. God is good. Can I hear it? God is good. God is good. God is good. And the devil is bad. I need all the time. The devil is bad. Amen. God is good. And the devil is bad. Yeah, we got a good God on our side. Amen. Let's go. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. You're welcome this morning. Now I want to continue to talk about foundation for a good life foundation for a good life and this is the second message and we're talking about foundation not just a good life here it's a good life that begins here and continues through eternity more for eternity is so important the bible tells us in isaiah chapter 28 beginning from verse 16 it says therefore says the lord god himself said i behold i lay in zion a stone for a foundation. I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation. The Bible tells us it's a precious cornerstone. It's a sure foundation. So Jesus Christ is that stone, is that rock, is the foundation for life. If you want a good life in this present world, make sure you build your life on the Lord Jesus Christ. And he tells us this in Matthew chapter 7, after he, uh, he had spoken... I mean, beginning from his uh, uh, sermon that started at uh, Matthew chapter 5 all the way through uh, chapter 7. And in the conclusion of his sermon, he tells us this. He gave us his word here. It says, therefore, whoever, that's anybody, that's anybody across the world, no matter where you live, whoever, and that's you this morning because you're hearing this word. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to be a wise man who builds his house on the rock. So every time you hear God's word, you are transformed into a builder. And the building you are building is your life. That's what it says here. Anyone who hears these sayings, notice what Jesus called what he was telling us. Not commandments. The word saints, actually, it seems like he's saying, I'm going to give you words of wisdom to live by. If you live by these words of wisdom, I will consider you a wise man. If you do these sayings of mine, these words of wisdom, words of life, real life, if you want to live life, on this earth that he created. This is the God who created all things. And he is telling you, I'm going to give you a roadmap to life. How to live in this life and have a good foundation. Because in life, you're going to have a lot of things come at you. But you don't worry about it if you're doing what I'm telling you. So he tells us here in this word, if you do what he says, he'll consider you a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The rain will come. The floods will come. The wind will come and beat on that house. But because it's founded on the rock, it won't fall. But if you don't do what he's saying, you are also a builder. 
But the unfortunate thing, you are building on sand. And into every life, some storm will come. You're going to experience trouble. You go through it, I go through it. The rich go through it, the poor go through it. Everyone has, you're dealing with something. And it seems like you get through one trouble, another one shows up. Sometimes a couple of, a couple show up. And you don't know what to do. And this will continue to come through life. But Jesus is saying to us, if you build your life on what he's telling you, these things will come, but you'll make it. Your life will still be standing. You're not going to be blown down. That's what he's telling us. And so we're going to start with uh, the very first thing he told us. That's acquiring, if you want to build a life that will last before God, before man, a life that's a good life in this world, if you're going to build that life for yourself, a sturdy life, then you must start first with acquiring the life of God. You can't build on the rock who is Christ without acquiring the life of God. And so the first thing that Jesus tells us in his sermon, beginning in Matthew chapter 5 verse 3, he says to us, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Last week I talked about what it means to be a part of the kingdom of heaven. And remember, the Bible tells us in Matthew 11 verse 12, he says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent ones take it by force. So we start life by this here. Blessed are the poor in spirit. In other words, if you see yourself as somebody who needs God, that's not your making. That's God's favor on your life. That's God's blessing on your life. When you start feeling, I need God, basically poor in spirit, not poor in things or money or material things, but poor in spirit, meaning I need more to life. I need God. If you are able to feel that and walk towards it, God says you were blessed from the foundations of the world. You were blessed. Has nothing to do with money. Has nothing to do with wealth. Has more to do with eternal life. Has more to do with a good life here. Because Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Many have not experienced what it means to have abundant life. You can have an abundant life because you got Jesus. I know I have nothing to fear. Do I have feelings of fear sometimes? But I ignore them because I know who is with me. Sometimes I joke, especially when I'm out preaching, uh, that I don't fear anything coming into my home to try to hurt me. I got two powerful or maybe more powerful angels. They are so tall and so big and many. And if you try to get to hurt my family, when they whack you, you never... No, kid. <laughs> Just seeing them standing there, uh, it's frightening enough. It's, uh, we're not going in there. Amen? But you know, the Bible tells us that in Hebrews. These angels, every single angel, I told them in prison, every single pre- uh, angel in heaven knows who you are. 
You know why I know that? Don't tell me they don't know who Jesus is. They know who Jesus is. Every single one of them. And if Jesus is living in you, guess what? They know where he's living. They know you personally. That includes Angel Gabriel. That includes Michael. They all know you. It's just we don't know that. It's so deep we don't know. And we're not thinking. We're not meditating on this. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of God. When you realize that you, know, you need God in your life. And you begin to go towards that. And beginning, begin to ask God to be a part of your life. When you know that your life is a mess. You can put it together. And no one can put his life together. It takes only God to do that. You, when you realize that, Jesus said you are a blessed man. And even more so if you, put, if you act on it. Because now, if you act on it, all of heaven, the kingdom of heaven then becomes available to you. All of it. I want to read this scripture to us this morning in Matthew chapter, uh, Luke chapter 18, beginning from verse 10. Talking about the two types of people in this world. It says, two men went up to the temple to pray. Temple means the house of God. They went there to pray. One, a Pharisee, or if you want to have it, a religious person. And the other, a tax collector. If you want to have that, that's somebody who doesn't care much about God. He's been living a life on his own. Don't care too much about God. But this day, he's, he's, he's going to God for some reason. He says, the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. He's not praying to God. He is praying with himself. That's incredible. He's praying with himself. But he mentions God. But he's not talking to God. He's talking to himself. He says, the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, he says, I thank you that I am not like other men. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as the tax collectors. I mean, think about it. Two men went to pray. He's praying to himself. And the tax collector is standing over there. And he says, all his burdens, I'm not even like that guy. I'm okay. I'm okay. Then he goes further. I fast twice a week. That's good. I think he went on hunger strike twice a week. He said, I give tithes of all that I possess. Notice, there's nothing wrong with what he said he was doing. He was in the house of God. He's good. God encourages us to pay tithes of everything. 10% belongs to the Lord. He's not good to live a life as a Christian and you are committing adultery. That's not good. He wasn't doing any of those things. 
He was a good guy. But he was praying to himself and not God. He felt good about himself. No humility before God. That's the first thing. If you will make it with God, the number one thing, if you have God to work in your life, the number one thing you must have is humility. Humility is number one. That's the beginning place with a life. For a life with God. That's the number one. But look at what happens. And the tax collector, which they refer to in that day as sinners, tax collectors and sinners, standing afar off, he wouldn't even go near. He was feeling so bad. Poor in spirit. Can we get it? Poor in spirit. He was feeling so bad. He wouldn't even go near. Standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven. That's the way people feel. When you realize how much you've done against the law of God, and it's painful, very painful, and that's because you're blessed. You are able to feel that way because God blessed you. If you don't feel that way, you're dead. Dead people don't feel. If you don't think you need God, you're dead already. But to come alive, when you begin to feel, you're alive. You're coming alive. And the place is humility before God, knowing that without God, I'm not going to be able to make it. He wouldn't come near. He beat his breast, saying, not looking up, God... Be merciful to me. And he called himself who he really was a sinner. A sinner. And Jesus is telling us because he has all revelation. He came from heaven. He was God in person. He says, I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. I tell you, this man went to his house justified. In other words, this man went home made righteous before God. The word justified is God made him a righteous man, not the other man. Not the other man. The Bible is clear. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And if you read in, in uh, Romans chapter 3, I believe verse 10, it says, There is none righteous. No, not one. No one is righteous in the whole world. And in that, in that same scripture, I have a track that I wrote, and I titled it, Good People Don't Go to Heaven. We were in Calvary. This guy was driving back. What do you mean good people don't go to heaven? They were so mad. This track doesn't make sense. Who goes to heaven then? Because it says good people don't go to heaven. What do you mean, sir? I said, because the Bible says no one is good. Not one. We all need Jesus. Not just once. When you say the sinner's prayer, you need him constantly all through life. If you want to make it. That's your foundation. 
You need this solid foundation. Don't ever get away from it. That humility must be in place. Now, when you build a house, you lay the foundation, right? You put a, a stone there. You're going to go back and say, well, I already got the stone taken care. I'm going to pull that stone off. Well, if you pull that stone from the foundation, your house coming down. That's a solid foundation. Humility before God. And we must maintain that attitude constantly before God. Never looking outward, but looking towards what God has done for us. We all need Jesus. I remember my time when I finally realized how, much, how wicked I was. <laughs> and a lady, a girl actually told me, we didn't think you could make it as a Christian. You were too wicked. That, that, I felt like, that hurts. But you're right. <laughs> you're right. But I knew I needed God. Not just for one day. I started thinking, now if I become a Christian, what's going to happen to me tomorrow? I don't want to go back today. And I don't feel any power inside of me. How am I going to be able to live for God? This is hard. But I know I needed God. The consolation is, God empowers you. At your place of humility. He lifts you up. He lifts you up. Amen? He lifts. God will always lift up the humble. You fell down. You couldn't look up. And then God reaches down. He says, no, you can look up. You're my brother now. You are part of the family of God now. The angels now know you. The Bible tells us, if we say we have no sin, that's First John chapter 1, verse 8. First it tells us, if we, have, if we walk in the light, in other words, if you are a Christian and you are walking in God, you love God, you go to church, you study the scriptures, if we walk in the light as He is in the light, God, the blood of Jesus Christ, cleanses us from all sin. But then it tells us, if we say we have no sin, you deceive yourself. You're deceiving yourself. And you, know, you are not walking in the truth. The truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to what? Cleanse us from what? How many unrighteousness? How many unrighteousness? What do you have to do? With, not with my mouth, with your mouth, okay? <laughs> All of it. What, you can, I asked the prisoners, how many of you can remember the sin you committed when you were seven? If you raise your hand, you lied. <laughs> That's another sin, okay? <laughs> you can't confess all of your sins. You don't remember them. He does, but you don't. But the moment you say, I am a sinner, God forgets all of your sins, and you still remember some. They're all forgiven. They're all forgotten. As far as the east is from the west. They are gone from you. When he forgives and cleanses you from all of your sins, then you no longer have any. Can I hear an amen? You no longer have any. At that point, no one can accuse you. No angel, no demon, nobody. Because God has cleansed you from everything and you become righteous before God. He is the one that makes us righteous. You cannot make yourself righteous. 
If you could make yourself righteous, there was no need for Jesus to have come to our world. You were okay. But there was, there's no one that's okay. We all need him. And we constantly need him. He's a place of humility that we must constantly be so that God can pour his life upon us. Constantly. God would always lift up the humble. And he resists the proud. This was the life of Jesus. Jesus was very clear about this life. He says, I want you to come to me. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Let me read it from New Century Version. He says, come to me, and I have to end here because of time. Come to me, all you who are tired and have heavy loads. And I will give you what? I will give you rest. In other words, you've been tired, you've been carrying this stuff, whatever it is you're carrying. Maybe it's your, your former marriage, you know, your marriage was broken, now it's hurting you. Whatever it is that you're carrying, whatever pain you have in your heart, whatever that is, it's a load. You're constantly thinking about it. Jesus said, bring them to me. You need some rest. You've been working with this for too long. And it's been weighing you down. You're constantly thinking about it. It's like if God is not there in your life. God's saying, bring everything to me. All those things that give you concern, those things that make you not able to sleep well at night, God is saying, those are loads. Bring them to me. If you say, I can handle it, that's pride. They kill you. That's pride. God says, bring everything to me. I'll take care of them for you. I'll give you rest. It says, accept my teachings. Saints, if you will have it. Accept what I'm telling you. Accept my saints. Accept my teachings and learn from me. That's the only way you are going to find rest. His teaching, first teaching, the first thing is humility. That's the first place. That's the first stone. Jesus is the cornerstone for us, the cornerstone for your life. And with God, first place, that cornerstone is humility. Let it be in place, unmovable. He says, learn from me because I am gentle and what? Humble in spirit. If you tell me, you know, I'm very humble, I know you don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Because you won't know it. Just as I heard in Sunday school this morning, you just don't know. God's the one, you just be willing and he'll download those things because that's his nature. He said, learn from me. He'll download his humility inside of you. He, that's who you are. You're not even aware. And when people tell you, you're so humble, you're thinking, who? Who are you talking to? Because he's there. He's become part of your life. And the humility is taking over. And why? God wants you in that place so he can pour more of his life in you. So I got to stay there. I got to stay there. And he wants us. God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. So we need to know that the place of humility is the place. You can make, but you can talk to him. God, I need you to keep me. He says, learn from me. He says, 
the teachings that I ask you to accept. It's easy. Amen? His sayings are easy. And the load I give you to carry is light. If you accept his teaching, the load will be light. But if you resist his teachings, it's going to be heavy. It's going to be heavy and you won't have rest. But if you accept his teaching, then you can have rest in him. Service to God is one key way of humility before God. Service to God. Because Jesus said, I didn't come to the world to be served. I came to serve. I came to serve. Every one of you, if you've been born again, find your place of service. To him and your fellow man. If you've not found your place of service, ask God to humble you. Because once that humility hits your heart, you want to serve. You want to serve. Nobody can deter you from service. Serving God, going to church, reading your Bible, part of all service. Going to Bible study, part of service. It's not for anything to God. You want to learn from Him so you can serve. Amen? You draw from Him, you take His teachings, and you serve the world. Amen? Bow your heads with me this morning. In this series, what we're doing is building our foundation in Christ. Because He is that rock. The rock, our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, God is giving His righteousness to people today. If you're willing to accept it. Some people, they're okay. They don't need God's righteousness. But for me, I know, I knew, no, I need His righteousness. But I'm going to let you know this morning that God is offering free righteousness for every sinner. And we're all sinners. Free righteousness for every sinner who wants it. If you want it, your life is going to be transformed. And this morning, you can accept His teaching. By accepting his righteousness, as you humble yourself before God and say, God, I need Jesus. I need this righteousness. I want to be a part of God's family. So at the count of three, if that's you, please raise your hand. I want to pray with you. If you've been struggling in your Christian walk and you say, look, I'm trying, but it's not working. God can give you that grace that you need. The grace of God will abound in your life this morning so that your life is transformed and you can live a life that is dedicated to service of God in everywhere. At the count of three, would you raise your hand? One, two, three. Put your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's so important that we do this before our God this morning. Stand up with me. We're going to say this prayer. And I want you to say this. Even if you didn't raise your hand. Sometimes you know you're struggling in your relationship with God. Things are cold. And you're just doing things. Because that's what you normally do. 
No, you need that fire of God in your heart. So it's not something that you do. You need that fire. If that's you today, as we pray this prayer, mean it from your heart. And watch what God will do. Because He's here with us today. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for your Son, our God and our Savior. Jesus, I accept your teachings this morning. I accept your sayings this morning. Lord Jesus, I bring my load to you right now. I bring my burden to you right now. I accept you. I want you to be the Lord of my life. To be my God and my Savior. I ask that you put your grace, pour your grace into my heart and enable me to live for my God. Thank you for saving me and for blessing me. In Jesus' name, amen.